Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Sunday, May 3rd episode of Poets and Muses, where we chat with poets about their inspirations. I'm your host, Imogen A-Rate. You can follow us at poetsandmuses.com, as well as on Instagram and Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, either at poetsandmuses.com or at the upper right-hand side of the Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. Now, in addition to the Poets and Muses website, you can also listen to the Poets and Muses podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, as well as TuneIn. With us today is Jedediah Mayrant, with whom I will be discussing his poem, Unknown, and my poem, Rest. Before we do that, however, I am going to go over some virtual poetry events taking place during the week of May 4th. On Tuesday, May 5th, from 6 to 8 p.m., Connect and Heal will be hosting his weekly poetry writing workshop via Zoom. You can get the details at meetup.com. Search for Chandler Prose and Poetry Meetup. Again, that's on meetup.com. Search for Chandler Prose and Poetry Meetup. On Thursday, May 7th, from 7 to 8 p.m., Phonetic Spit will be hosting his weekly open mic via Instagram Live at Phonetic Spit. On Saturday, May 9th, from 10 a.m., the Tucson Poetry Society will be hosting its monthly poetry discussion and critique via Zoom. You can find out information about that by emailing TucsonPoetrySociety at gmail.com. Again, that's TucsonPoetrySociety at gmail.com. Also on Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m., Brick Cave Media will be hosting a virtual book signing with Patrick Hare via Facebook. And you can find out more information about that at brickcavemedia.com forward slash event. Again, that's brickcavemedia.com forward slash event. On Sunday, May 10th from 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Rattle will be hosting its weekly Poets Respond live open mic via YouTube. And you can get that information at rattle.com forward slash respond. Again, that's rattle.com forward slash respond. And now let us turn to our poet guest of the week, Jedediah Mayrant. Hi, Jedediah. Thank you very much for coming on to Poets and Muses. Hey, thank you for having me. Of course. So you brought with you the poem, Unknown. Before we get into that, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm 26 years old. Right now, I'm currently in school at the University of South Carolina. I'm a senior. Mm-hmm. Criminology, criminal justice. Okay. Um, while pursuing my degree and my bachelor's, I already currently have an associate's in criminal justice. Mm-hmm. So, um, other than that, I work full-time. and I do security. Mm-hmm. Uh, for about three years now. Wow. Um, poetry, writing, really, it's just something that I dab in here and there when I'm at work or just a little bit on my downtime, really. Right. So when did you start writing poetry? When I was in high school, I was probably a junior at the time. I was in my language arts class. Mm-hmm. and uh, But I knew I needed to grade at the time, so I was like, okay, I guess I can get into this a little bit. And basically how I started it was just, I wrote a poem about uh, me and my dad. Mm -hmm. 
basically our relationship at that time or basically throughout the course of my life. So, and it just took off from there. Right, right. A lot of poets start with uh, personal, very personal poems. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't know it would take off from there. So, you know, I mean, like I would get a notion or write something every now and then. Yeah. Before that, but I never acted on it. Right, right. Did you write other things before? Not really. Okay. I had a friend that, um, and we still friends to this day. Uh, cool. Robert Miles called himself Prophecy. Um, <laughs> we was just in this little group or whatever. We would just kind of rap a little bit or freestyle and stuff like that. And um, when we wrote, it was really just to see where we're at. And we and him would always have competition, like who was better or whatever. <laughs> And he always said I was the best at writing. And I was just like, dude, how? (laughs) (laughs) But I don't understand. (laughs) So, yeah. Cool, cool. So Mm. somebody already knew about your talent before you did. Basically, yeah. (laughs) Definitely. It's nice, right? It's nice to always have, have somebody to believe in you. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's it's, I think that's what a lot of people need just for a motivation, just having someone to believe in them. Yeah, exactly. I kind of wanted to go back to your work a little bit, given what's going on, and also the fact that South Carolina is about to reopen, right? <sighs> yeah, they're saying that, but man, I don't know about that. Yeah, but you've been working all this time. What's it like? Work is, um, it's been hectic, really, because they kind of had me going back and forth to one site to another, and I just transferred sites back in mid-February. Now where I'm working at is, like, they sending some people home to work from home, right. and they got the doors locked just in case, and they got the hand sanitizer and disinfectant wipes, all that at the front desk and we have it in our office, the security office. So, you know, we're definitely taking precautions there. Like everybody's at least six feet away from each other. So, you know, they're definitely taking precautions, which is, which is good because I don't think I would be working there if they weren't taking the right precautions. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're risking a lot there. Right. The site I was working at before that, they um they were definitely taking a lot of risk because it deals with us having to go up with the actual resident or the guest that's there to, you know, take part and, you know, visit the resident. We got to grab their license and stuff like that. And, you know, it's not really a lot of social distancing. I'm sure nobody really anticipated, <laughs> you know, like we, we don't think of, what jobs might be conducive to social distancing until we start having this crazy shutdown? Right. So, <laughs> so I mean, I had to put my foot down after a while and say, look, I can't work out here. You know, right. I can't do this. <laughs> right, right. I'm glad you got transferred to a better site. Me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going Perfect. back to poetry, though. So it's interesting that you talked about how the first poem that you wrote was about your relationship with your dad because the packet of poems you sent me all has that a little bit in each of the poems. Really? That's, well, what it seemed like. 
but you tell me. Truth be told, I, like some of the poems I wrote them that I sent you, mm-hmm. some of them were old, like really old. Like I had to dig for them mm-hmm. in a way, especially from the open mic night. I had I wrote that poem for my creative writing class this semester before the whole you know, shut down at the school and all that. I wrote that for class and yeah, I had to go digging for that in my book bag at the time. But man, all that stuff is old. Like I, I personally I stopped writing because what I was writing before that or whatever, I thought they were kinda dark in a way. Mm-hmm. And you know, I didn't want to keep writing like that. So It's all right. Well I write a lot of very dark subjects as well. Not particularly the one I sent you, but yeah, I also write very ranty, especially now, you know, I feel like I'm angry all the time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's all good though, man, because you know, it's just an attitude. You got to put some type, I feel like with poetry and music and all that, you got to put some type of attitude with it. Yeah, yeah, it's what you feel, you know, it's very personal. Right. When I was writing mine, or especially Unknown, like, yeah, I had some type of attitude with it. And truth be told, unknown, that was my first poem that I actually performed. Oh, wow. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So I would really appreciate it if you can read that for us. Sure. All right. Unknown. I don't wonder. I plunder. How much longer with this frustration and this anger consume me and take me under? Just like a ticking time bomb, any day I can explode. These memories take me whole. They're hunting me to my soul. The pen is mightier than the sword. With the pen, the pain spills out like I hit a vein. I'm not broken. It's more of a sprain. Every day it seems like the grip can get looser or it can get tighter. It can be depression or maybe a lesson. I hope it's a blessing. Losing weight, I'm out of shape. My body aches. I want help before it's too late. Could this be that I myself am my own enemy? I can get better. Visualize my future. And I have to put myself in the picture. Thank you. Thank you. The reason why I was talking about you starting out talking about your dad is because basically the first line... You said, how much longer will this frustration and his anger consume me? So I had assumed that his was his, your dad's, but I wasn't, I'm not sure. Whose anger was it or is it? Uh, When I wrote this, the unknown, when I said his anger, I feel like at that time it was, I was consumed with doing two people inside of me at the time because Mm -hmm. like, like okay these memories that I have of my childhood you know they they frustrate me they anger me you know what I'm saying like it's like one little thing can trigger me to take me back to then and I can get get so frustrated so angry you know and it's like okay I don't want to be this person but I want to be this person I want to be you know I want to be happy I'm surviving Mm -hmm. but you know and it's like no I don't want to survive I want to live you know so like, I was just conflicted between two different people, you know, because I didn't, because every time I would get triggered with these memories, you know, I would go get into this dark space, and I hated it, and I kind of get there today in a way, but every now and then I can control it, 
with that, it meant two different things. Like, cause my dad at that time when I wrote it, me and my dad wasn't talking because mm-hmm. um, I was in Maryland at that time. Well, I went back to Maryland, right. matter of fact. So, and I was living with my mom. My dad lives down here in South Carolina because this is where he's from. Right. His, in a way, he plays a big part in my life too. As much as I don't like to admit it, he does. So, right. definitely how he feeling sometimes can affect me because man, I'm getting upset because he's upset or whatever. You know, you know, it's just it's a parent. You know, you, you yeah. want to be there for their parent all the time. So. Yeah, definitely. I get the same way with my mom and it's frustrating, right? Because they're such a big part of our lives. Yeah, they are. (laughs) (laughs) Emotionally, physically. Yeah. 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 I mean, even if they're not there physically, they're still emotionally or um, psychologically such a huge part of our lives. And we are part of them. We are a combination of the, both of them, you know. Definitely. I mean, if you you look at my dad, you'll definitely see a double. I put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Thank you for explaining. You said this is the first poem you had performed. The, mm. When did you write this? I wrote this. This was back in, I believe, 2014. Okay. That year, I went back to Maryland. I was living in Maryland at the time. It was a talent show at my church. I had the audition for it. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, I don't know if I'm going to do this or not, but you know what? I want to get out there. I want to challenge myself. You know, I always get nervous and, you know, stage fright and all that. So I just told my mom, I was like, look, I want to audition for this. And she was like, okay, go ahead. I was like, okay. And I auditioned and they liked it. I didn't even finish all of it. One lady was like, he's in. I was like, oh. I didn't finish it. <laughs> <laughs> was it this poem? Yeah, it was this poem. I didn't even finish it. Wow, so. that's great. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so the big night came for me to perform it. And, you know, I had my little sister there, my mom. They was in the crowd. Mm-hmm. I performed it. I stumbled. And I, I said, you know, can, can I start over? And they was like, yeah. And they cheered me on. And I restarted it. And it came out so much better than before. Right. And it just took off from there. And that was the first and only time I performed. But Oh, wow. Yeah. But, like, you know, occasionally in class and stuff like that, you know, for extra credit, like, I might just read off one of my poems or something like that just for extra credit or something. Right, right. Performing is a totally different thing than just reading a poem, right? It is. It definitely is. At that time, nobody really knew. I didn't tell nobody that I could write or anything like that. You know, I'm just, okay, I'm just Jed. I'm that guy that's just working at the Safeway with you guys. I'm a courtesy (laughs) clerk, bagging groceries or getting carts, all that stuff. I'm a jokester, you know. That was it. You know, I just kept that privately, you know, just like almost most of my past I keep kind of private so yeah right yeah sometimes poetry can be such a personal thing you know I I think a lot of my friends do not really know that I write uh, poetry (laughs) but there are so many different sides to life and it doesn't always come up you know (laughs) right right. I mean when I when I read yours it's just like I had to wrap my head around a few words and just like wow she's really you know this is really deep you know like oh, thank you 
Yeah, that was like it's really deep. Like he was using words that, you know, I would have never thought to use in a almost maybe a thousand years. I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I love the rhythm of yours. It flows really well and and it's definitely a good performance piece. It has a certain cadence to it and it flows really well. I can I can like hear it when I was reading it. You mentioned a little bit since we talked about that when you were talking about his anger, that it's the other side of you that you don't particularly like it very much. But like, what made you decide to write this particular piece? Well, at the time, I was juggling a lot of things. Okay, you know how your parents know you so well, right, sometimes? (laughs) Especially your mom, you know? (laughs) So (laughs) she's always saying, like, I know what you're thinking, a lot or you know something's wrong because you're always just quiet and i was like yeah he's like what's on your mind i was like well i don't know how to write this so you know well i don't know how to talk about it not to i don't know how to talk about it i do know but i don't want to talk about it so right. basically i just wrote it out and you know i just like okay i probably would feel more better if i wrote some of this stuff out right. and, and it's better to write it out than have it fester inside you know and to just blow up after a while, you know, and, mm. you know, and just, yeah, and it's not good for either or people, and, you know, I, sometimes, you know, I still do it to the day, you know, I can hold a lot of things in, and, you know, but then I'm getting better at it, though, you know, so, you know, I've definitely learned to talk it out more and write more, right. but the only problem is, it's just, you know, I always get a writer's block, mm. and, Man, it's I hate that so much. I get so frustrated. Like, <laughs> and I had something going, and uh, I lost it. God. Right. What do you decide to do when you run into a writer's block? Most times, I just I leave it alone for a little bit, mm-hmm. or just I go continue doing what I was doing before I started writing because it's not like a plan where I sit down and just okay, I'm gonna write this this day or whatever. No. Right. It's just, okay, I get something coming to my head, and I was just like, okay, I can use this. Yeah. And normally my phone have a lot of my notes in them where I can just type it out or, yeah, and then it's like, I got to keep it going, and that's when the block happens, and I leave it alone for a little bit, right. and then I come right back to it, right. like maybe a week or two later after that. Right, right, right. Yeah, that works. I'm the same way. I use my phone a lot to write, especially like if I'm commuting or something. Sometimes I have long commutes and something I see or something I'm thinking about would just inspire me to write something. I think now I'm better at writing entire things. I I, I also write a lot of short pieces like the one I sent you. Oh. Uh, but then there are there are some pieces where I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know what else to say about this i know it's not done yet but i'm not sure what else to say so like you i kind of come back to it when i feel like i have something else to add well if i had to be honest when i looked at yours and it kind of reminded me it's like what i'm trying to stay away from when i write i kind of trying to stay away from the rhyming scheme in a way because mm-hmm. i kind of want to mix it up and put you know put more words in there that i want to make somebody think so yeah, yeah. And yours definitely made me think where I had to look up words and, you know, just look them up and see what the meaning is. And then I put a lot of things together. So that's what I'm trying to get to. 
And the rhyming scheme is always good. It's it's good, don't get me wrong, but it's kind of worth something I want to stay away from. Yeah, I'm actually, most of what I write do not rhyme. They tend to be more rhythmic. So it takes me extra effort to rhyme. I really have to think about it. And for me, it's more important to just write out what I want to say rather than the form that it takes that it comes in, you know. So, right. So right. to me, rhyming is like extra credit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. Cause man, because um, <laughs> just sitting there thinking, like, okay, what can I rhyme this with? What, what goes with this? What goes with that? And it, I think that's that right there in itself can be time consuming. And yeah, it is. <laughs> and I think, like, especially what's what it sounds like. What you're telling me is that you know you write because there's something that you want to express about how you're feeling at the moment. And with form, sometimes they block you from writing it out. Right. So, well, okay. Like the creative writing class that I was taking this semester, I started getting around haikus. Mm. And I think they're really good. It's just the, the scheme that you have to put with it. And, you know, okay I guess I could put this together that together yeah but like I generally like haikus yeah yeah haikus are fun I like I also started writing them like what was it last year there was like a haiku death match Um, (laughs) (laughs) like a local Uh, open mic had a haiku death match so I started writing them and then just kept going. Like it wouldn't, my mind wouldn't stop. Once you get into the five seven fives, it mm. just wouldn't stop. It was kind of driving me insane. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it's it's really good. I started looking some up just personally. Just mm-hmm. like, man, this is really good. That's good. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe this one's better than that one. Yeah. But, yeah. Definitely. But you know what I hear is that apparently modern Japanese haikus is is not limited to the 575. So you can do, it's just a short poem. It's just a, I, I don't think it even, I forget if it even has to be three lines anymore. But if you look up modern haiku form, you'll find that it's much more free than the American haiku form, which is the more traditional Japanese one. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So then you do have a lot more freedom to kind of play with it. There are so many different poetic forms that once you get used to writing out what you want to say and holding that thought so mm-hmm. that you can pour that thought into whatever container you want to, then you can really play with form. Anyway, going back to your poem, though, <laughs> obviously you talked um, a bit about the anger that you felt like was driving you and the aspect of you that was tripping your own self up, that was sort of stopping your advancement, it seems like. Um, right. Besides talking about the psychological, which is like most of the poem, like two-thirds of the poem, I would say, then you go into the physiological. You talk about your weight. And you talk about how your body is aching. Can you tell me what made you decide to transition from the psychological to the physical? 
Well, when you know when your body's going through stress and depression and all that, you know it, it definitely takes a toll yeah. mentally, physically, all that. So yeah, yeah. And at the time, yeah, I was losing weight. My mom would always say, like, "Man, you're getting thin," or "No, nah, you've been losing weight. Like, you need to eat." And I was like, "Well, I'm eating. Like, what are you talking about?" Right. You know? Yeah. And then, you know, your body hurts after a while. And then, you know, and that's why I say, it says like, uh, I want, when I say I want help before it's too late, basically it's just like, okay, let me go seek help or let me write most of this out. And that way I'm going to feel more better about it. And, you know, I can start the transition to getting better and then gaining some more weight. Right, right. Yeah, I feel you. I'm one of those people, too. When I'm depressed, I also lose weight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely something. So. Yeah. But, I mean, this was six years ago. Where do you think you're at now? I feel like my body is... I'm still losing a little bit of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a, a little bit of pressure, you know? Because, look, you know, I'm a full-time student, and I work full-time also. So, right. you know, that definitely puts a strain on a lot of things because, you know, at one point I was working 12 a.m. to 8 a.m. in the morning. Right. And, you know, I got class at, like, sometimes at 9.20 or 10 o'clock, and, you know, right. I barely have time to do anything except go to class. And when I'm in class, okay, I'm falling asleep, you know, because yeah. I'm tired. And, you know, I'm working 40 hours. And uh, I'm just, you know, working hard and, um, you know, my girlfriend, she works hard too, you know, just to basically keep what we have. You know, we have a great place and yeah, I mean, it costs, it costs to live. I'll put it like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Definitely, yeah. So, you know, definitely just, you know, we both work hard. And I know for a fact it's going to pay off in the long run, but right now we're just grinding and, you know, it can get real tired. And, yeah, yeah. And, and it, gets, it definitely gets a little stressful here and there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you come back to it and, you know, you like I say, you got to pray on it. Right. At times that it's going to get better, you see a better day. And, I mean, it's kind of the same thing nowadays a little bit, but... You know, I think what pushes me more is just that I'm so close, you know, like my graduation is right here. It's so close and right. you know, it's going to be a better day. You know, when I graduate, you know, I'm going to move back home. I want to see my nieces, my two nieces. I want to see my mom, my sisters, you know, my brother. I want to see all them again. Right. You know? and yeah. So, you know, it's definitely more of a motivational thing now more than ever. Yeah. When are you supposed to graduate? I'm supposed to graduate this fall, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, don't worry about it. You know, I mean, you have a, it's it's tough because I did that myself when I was doing my undergrad in school and working several jobs and it was insane. Now looking back, I was just like, how did I do that? I don't know how I did that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, some people are, not cut out for it, some are, but it's like, man, just walking the stage is going to definitely be the motivation because, okay, I didn't graduate from high school. You know, I got a GED, so mm-hmm. I actually got my GED down here right. in um, 
South Carolina uh-huh. at a mil- military school. Right. So, you know, now that when I walked the stage to get the associate's degree, mm-hmm. it was great. It was a great feeling. I still had the tassel, so I couldn't get rid of that. And yeah. I definitely, definitely want to walk the stage for my bachelor's degree. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's, that's going to be the, the icing on the cake for me. So, yeah. How many more courses do you have left? I have, man, i say about seven more left. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, take it easy, man, especially with what's going on now. You know, you gotta, it's, it might be slower than you like, but, you know, you just want to make sure you cross the finish line. It doesn't matter if it takes longer. Oh yeah, it's not a. It's just a marathon. That's all that is. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, yeah. you have to make sure that, that. Well, we all have to make sure we survive those first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's weird because I went to Maryland for my spring break, and then once I got back down here, that's when I found out okay, school is closed. So I was like, oh well. Wow. <sighs> I should have known that. I could have stayed in Maryland a little bit longer, but. <laughs> Right, right. Wait, so you guys are not doing online courses? We are. Okay. It's just, um, yeah, we still doing online courses. I'm still doing it now. Like, after, I, you know, when I get off at night, I continue to do some work or whatever. And yeah. and I'm still tired because, you know, yeah. I, now I go in at 3 o'clock p.m., get off at 11. So That's good. Uh, yeah, I even try to fit it in a little bit of work at work mm-hmm. or when I get home right. or before I go to work, either way. Right, so. right. Yeah. I also did night shift. One of my jobs. And I remember, I don't know when you, when you change shift, if the person who changed shift with you is understanding, because I had a horrible manager who insisted on getting every detail instead of just reading the notes I left. They had to get a verbal, detailed report as I'm about to drop dead. Oh, <laughs> I'm so tired. You had it like that. Yeah. And honestly, there were a few times I just wanted to throw something at him. Man, I can understand that. Not like sometimes my relief didn't come on time. So, oh, and man. Like, I don't. I don't want to throw no shade on the company I work for because they they've been good to me. So you know, right, right. You but know. you know, I I get it. Like night shift, especially around six o'clock, it's like the worst, absolute worst. Yes, it's it's, it's horrible. Like, <laughs> like, no things go bump into the night. I can't tell you how many things I've seen, heard, just working that night. It's what? like, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. People, I don't know. Like, I guess because it's dark, people think nobody can see them. <laughs> I, I guess so, but I mean, the, the way the lighting was out there at that site, yeah, you it wasn't much you could get away with. <laughs> <laughs> people still try, you know. People still try. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that's 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 criminal justice for you you know you don't think you're going to get caught till it happens you know so yeah yeah exactly just going back to your poem a bit more in the end of the poem you were saying that 
I myself am my own enemy. I can get better, visualize my future, and I can put myself in the picture. Clearly, what you're doing now, you are not only visualizing your future, you are basically working on the future, and you've been working on the future. So, I mean, how do you feel about those lines? Do you feel like you're still your own enemy? Are you getting better at handling that sort of like the darker negative side of yourself? Yeah, I personally, okay, being younger, you know, I blame people for my mistakes or whatever. And then after a while, it's just like, okay, personally, I think that you're your own worst enemy. That's how I feel it is. Mm-hmm. And that's just like me getting into my own way sometimes. Right. So that's how I feel about it. And basically when I say, okay, visualize my future, basically what I'm saying is visualize that it's going to get better. Yeah. I'm saying you got to visualize that. And like the future is the future, but the present is a gift. You know what I'm saying? That's why they call it the present. So yeah. You know, visualize the future and you and it's gonna get better and you have to put yourself in that picture for it to get better. You have to believe that it's gonna get better. You know what I'm saying? You can't just pray, you gotta have faith in it, you know what I'm saying, when you're praying. Yeah, and you have to work on it. And I mean it seems like you're working on it, you know, like you you've taken all of these steps, you've gotten your associate's degree, you're close to graduating from your bachelor's and of course you got your GED. So all those are these accomplishments that you've had. I, I think you, you even had your GED after you wrote this poem, right? Yeah, I, I got my GED before I wrote this. Oh, before, okay. Yeah, I did. Okay. But you got your associates now, and you're very close to getting your bachelor's. So hang in there, man. Hang in there. You'll get through it. Definitely. I'm, I'm just... I'm just... I'm waiting, no way. I'm patient. You know, I've always been a patient person. So yeah, good. that's good. You have that on your side. Well, how do you feel like you're handling at being your own enemy? Do you think you're better at handling it now, or how how do you think you're dealing with that now? Every now and then, you know, it, it, it gets. I think I'm getting better. You know, I recently um started going to anger management about maybe last year for a little bit and I got a little better at it. What basically made it worse was just the stress, being stressed out really, you know, and, um, you know, that's what I went and got help about with the anger management and, you know, self-development basically. But, you know, you know, I'm definitely getting better at it more each and every day. You know, um, every now and then I, you know, if I'm in a car by myself, you know, I can talk to myself like, okay, I got this. This is everything's gonna be good. It's gonna be smooth. Right. And and yeah, and then all going along with that, you have to you know me just surrounding myself with just real positive people, you know. And mm-hmm. yeah, like when I say okay, when I'm my own worst enemy, I don't like asking for help, you know. And I think that's a, maybe that's a lot of things with males nowadays. Well, <laughs> males, period. You know, they don't like asking for help, you know. So. Right, right. It's like a like a prideful type thing and it's you know, I'm very prideful, so right. I don't like asking for help and you know, sometimes I gotta learn the hard way just <laughs> asking for help and yeah. And sometimes it breaks me down to my core when I have to ask for help. And it's like, look, I don't wanna do this. 
but I know I need this. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, can you please help me? It was, you know, right. <laughs> and it's it's crazy, but you know, I'm like I said, I'm still learning from you know my mom and definitely my girlfriend's mom, Miss Tammy. You know, she they definitely teaching you just you know ask for help if it's there, you know, and right. don't be afraid to take it, you know. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head. And also, you know, we're still taught to be certain things because we're male or because we're female. We're taught to act a certain way, you know, especially like the man, if given like your situation, I imagine you were taught to be the man of the house, you know. So you're supposed to be strong for everybody. But that's hard because you can't always be strong you are still a, a human being and you know you hurt just like everybody else so it's it's good that both your mom it sounds like both your mom and your girlfriend are the type of people who are helping you be vulnerable that way you don't you know like keep holding it in until you blow up they definitely help a lot my like I, my friend rob robert my prophecy he always you no, know, he tells me to just write it down. You know, what I'm saying he tells me to write it because you know, to this day, he always says, "Man, you're a way better writer than me." Like I'm striving to get like you. I'm just, right. All right, bro. <laughs> yeah. And do you find that it helps when you write? It does. It definitely does. Like, man, sometimes I can just be, man, I'm gonna make this rhyme, and then sometimes I go away from it and just, just be writing, and I don't even just think about it. I just, just write. Right, right, and just writing, and it, it don't rhyme nothing. It's just pure emotion. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's good to release it sometimes, right? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so. And and in a in a positive way because you're creating something that, you know, at the end of the day, if you decide to share it with people, they will enjoy. Like your friend Robert enjoys it and i'm sure other people who hear enjoys it as well just like this piece this poem you wrote six years ago it's from personal pain but other people when they hear like i can relate to it i chose my poem for instance because i thought oh hey here's an experience i've also had and in this instance in this poem that's called rest i'm dealing with it in a different way but still, I feel like we're both trying to end up in a positive place, you know? Yeah, most definitely, man. I think, yeah. I think a lot of people are trying to end up in a positive place. Yeah. What doesn't kill us make us stronger, so. Yeah, and also how we deal with the how, how we're practicing to deal, deal with it better, you know, because hardships come who knew this you know we were going to be shut down because of a little little virus you know right you know i didn't expect that so and and truth be told when i when i write my poetry and i compare it to say yours okay all right i gotta up my game a little bit Practice. Sorry, it's all no. practice. It's all practice. I mean, I think you know the important for thing for you, especially now, it's get your bachelor's degree, and then you know, you know, maybe then you have more time on your hands to to practice your poetry. And I think it's great. 
what you're doing, that you're willing to invest time in it. Anyway, so um, I'm going to read my poem, and we can talk about that together. So, no. As I said, it's called Rest. Right. So I'll read that now. Okay. I love too much, and my heart aches for fun. Green monsters fly out when I raise my elbows to yawn. I'm pockmarked by imperfections and dogged by the desire for better. But tonight I will stew in the indulgence of nothingness. Let time steal away the yearnings. Vegetation sprout in place of passions. Nerves wrap tenderly around their stems. Give in to the slow breaths of meditation. That was dope. I mean, thank you. When I read it, like, and my mom thinking, like, okay, what motivated her to write this? Were you just writing something that day, or whatever? Like how you were feeling? Yeah, no? I feel like similar to where you were coming from. You know, like I was at a negative moment. You know, sometimes we just look at ourselves and we see the imperfections and we're picking at it. We're nitpicking at it. Right. And by doing that, we can stress ourselves out, even if we didn't start out being stressed out, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes when I get in that kind of rut, I write about it. And one of the things I, I've learned is to sort of give myself a break once in a while and just realize that you don't have to deal with everything head on all the time. Sometimes you can just say, well, today I'm too tired. I'm just going to let it rest and fight my battles tomorrow. Or sometimes just let your mind rest rather than say, well, this is not right. That's not right. And then just get overwhelmed, feel that stress, and then feel your body ache, like you said in your poem, you know? Right, right. I think you definitely touched on it just like every now and then, you know, we can, we might get overworked. We can overwork ourselves as individuals and, you know, we got to pick those days to keep to ourselves, you know, and yeah. just block a lot of things out. But I mean, when I looked at, um, dog and I, and I wanted to ask you, was it dog? Was it dog ed? I think you can pronounce it in both ways. Okay. Um, so, you know, being a poet, you can take your poetic license. In this particular instance, I think to say dogged rather than dogged uh, <laughs> sounds better for this poem. But there are instances when I use the word and I use other pronunciation, it works better for that poem. So it really just depends on where I use it. And that's how I would say it. But like I said, it's it's the poet's prerogative, you know. <laughs> so we have right. some choices. Yeah, I mean, I think you used it well. You know, it's, I, I'm not complaining. You know? Thank you, thank you. No, I, 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 yeah, yeah, I hear you. Like I said, I had to look up a few words in here, like uh, pockmarked. You know, and I looked that up, mm -hmm. and you know, it definitely made sense after the fact, and I, I liked it. Really, when I when you touched on the green monsters part, mm. like when I looked up green, well, I didn't look up green monsters. I I looked it up to make sure I had the right idea, and it was like mm. green monsters. Isn't that like a like a form of jealousy or something? Well, green is uh, traditionally used to 
talk about jealousy, but in this particular instance, it's it's a little bit more uh, physical. <laughs> it's okay. more like I, I I feel like I stink, <laughs> you know. I don't, um, that's why I was saying like when my elbows go up <laughs> to yawn and green monsters fly out, it's like oh my god. I stink. You know, it's like one of the, those days where you're just like, oh, my God, this is wrong with me. That's wrong with me. Everything is just wrong with me kind of thing. Okay. Now I see it's like, oh, it's like you're in a, you're in a funk. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now I see it. <laughs> when I first read it, I'm like, like, wait. Okay. She raised her arm, the elbows into yawn. It was just like, and green monsters fly out. I was like, so... Is she just, does she stink or something? <laughs> You're right. You're right. Follow your first instincts. <laughs> it was just one of those days where I'm just like, oh, everything's wrong. And you know, you're just like stewing in your own kind of, not not necessarily physical funk, but like mental funk, you know? Right, right, right. Definitely. <laughs> just a chill like a normal day just laying down like, like just sitting on the couch or just in a chair period and just thinking about all of it I yeah you. yeah and I, you can't I, you can't make yourself depressed yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel you i got you <laughs> i got you there um <laughs> that's cool that's cool the desire to do for better like i know a lot of people challenge themselves or whatever like what do you challenge yourself most in Similar to you, funny enough, I also, well, now less than before when I was younger, but I also, a lot of times, some I pull my anger. I kind of just take whatever comes, the stress, until, like, the breaking point, and then I blow up, and, of course, it's bad for relationships. It's bad for just, like, regular interact, daily interactions, life in general. But it's kind of hard to get out of those habits, you know, bad habits. So you have to just take a step back and be like, okay, this is not helpful for me. So what can I do to better myself? When I was moving on to your next stanza, but tonight I will stew. (laughs) (laughs) I had to look up the meaning stew. Because I'm like, I always thought stew is just, okay, it's food. So well, hold on, is she like cooking or what? Then I looked up, <laughs> had to look up the meaning, and it was like, okay, now I understand. It makes more sense now. Basically, uh, agitation, really. Yeah, I mean, it's just accepting the funk rather than trying to fight it. And just like the food, because when you cook stew, you have to let it simmer, you know, you have to wait a long time. And you can't really rush it if you want a good stew. So, sure. so you know, it's, it's similar with our own faults. Sometimes, you know, like old habits die hard. You have to keep learning new habits to replace the old habits, the bad habits. So sometimes you just have to give yourself a break and just accept it and be like, okay, whatever. Not, right. You know, like I'm not gonna deal with it tonight because I'm I'm maybe I'm just tired, maybe I just you know, want a break. <laughs> I feel that. 
a lot of times it's just, you know, you got to give yourself, like I said, you got to give yourself a rest. And, you know, if anything does happen, like something comes up, I, you don't, I don't think you really can, you know, just stress over it too much. Just like, eh, you already know it's going to get better. And, you know, nothing really, you can do anything about that right now at yeah. the moment. Yeah. But, you know, just handle it a little bit better and be positive on it. She's like, hey, it's whatever. it's whatever. So Yeah, exactly. We do what we can't, right? Sometimes right. the best thing to do is to just say, okay, I'm going to rest on it because tonight I'm just too tired. I'm, I'm not going to work on that tonight. Um, I know what it is. I, I see it. I put it in my mental notebook, and I will deal with it tomorrow when I'm less tired. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, just some things are not really worth the, the mental stress, really, at that moment. Just like, okay, I can't handle this right now. I handle that another time or something. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> recognizing, like you said before about asking for help, sometimes you're right. at, you need to ask yourself for help. We need to recognize that sometimes we don't have the capacity, we don't have the mental or psychological capacity to deal with that problem right then and there. Sometimes we just have to say, you know what, I recognize how tired I am. I recognize how stressed out I am. So I know the problem is there, but, you know, it's not such an emergency that I need to deal with it tonight. I'm going to give myself rest so that I will have the strength to deal with it tomorrow. Mm. Definitely. <laughs> just, man, I know I, I can have a long day. So I can, you know, I'm getting off at 11 o'clock and, man, you know, when I get home, I don't, I don't feel like worrying about too much. I just want to just, you know, get my head right and, you know, get ready to go to sleep or something yeah. <laughs> and worry about everything else the next day. That's how it is. Yeah, exactly. You can still have those days where it's just, okay, I need this day, that day, maybe a few minutes or whatever it is. Is it a few minutes for you or you feel like you need a whole day? depends on the situation, right? It also depends on how stressed you are and how stressed you've been. Um, like, I, in the past few weeks, I've been, because of adjusting to the shutdown, I, I've been obsessively gathering news, basically. And, and the news has not been wonderful. And I've been also trying to do what I can to help, but it seems like every effort I was trying to, I was making was not going anywhere. So that was another added, added stress. And I really didn't feel like dealing with the podcast, for instance. At the same time, I obviously love what I do. Uh, I love writing poetry. So I was still writing, but I realized I needed to get on with my work because this is what I do. And I enjoy conversing with poets, and I think now, especially for psychological reasons more than ever, it's important for us to be talking with each other, to know that we are there for each other, and we're still we're still around. Art is still around. We can still be creative. We can still use that not only to help ourselves, but also help each other. Um, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially now, you know, some people just got a lot of, some have a lot of, like, really a lot of free time on their hands now. And just Some, yeah, yeah <laughs> like you said. Some, some, not all, but some, so. <laughs> yeah. I'm somewhere in between. You are still really busy 
also because you have to go out to work, you're also being put at extra risk uh, than a lot of people. So, yeah, so it's good to have that outlet to to be able to come home to write to to say, well, this is bothering me. Let me let me talk with somebody about it, or if I feel like I want a creative way of dealing with it, then I'm gonna write something. Yeah, that's true. Personally, now I visualize, how I look at my job is like, okay, I'm in the eyes of the public, they say we're heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still doing our part. Yeah. yeah. Or whatever. I was like, man, I've never thought of it that way. So, okay, if I'm a hero, then I'm going to eat this up because I feel, I feel great <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should because it's not often in life that we are appreciated. For just uh, what we do on a daily basis, I feel like it's wonderful that certain segments of the population, certain industries are finally being highlighted and being appreciated. Um, You know, people like security, grocery workers, you know, people who are doing jobs that we don't think about on a daily basis until something like this hits. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, my God. This is essential. Mm. So it's, it's like we wasn't as thankful as we are now for them, you know. So right, right, and you know, hopefully, this thankfulness for something that we might have overlooked before will continue when this pandemic is over. Right. Definitely. Getting into your back to the second stanza, I see the um, let time steal away the yearnings. I can see that in the vegetations sprout in place of passions. Like, tell me, where were you going at with that? Like, where were you feeling on that, on that line? Well, it's kind of similar to the beginning of your poem, right? Where you felt the anger. Mm-hmm. In this instance, I'm using passions as in like really strong emotions. So mm-hmm. instead of feeling those really strong emotions, especially anger, um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to let go of that anger. I'm not going to deal with it. I'm going to chill out. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel that. And I like how we just, we're feeding off of each other. That's like both poems just feeding off of each other. And yeah. The emotion and everything. Like, I like that. That's just strong. Yeah, yeah. That's, Most definitely. That's why I love, like, chatting with poets, like, selecting a poem that has something to do with what they're what you are writing because mm. even though we've never met in person and I've only basically heard you read once, we still can recognize that, you know, we have these similar emotions. Yeah. In South Carolina, you know, I'm in my own little world over here. So yeah, yeah. No, I, hear <laughs> I have interviewed poets at other places. Like a majority of the poets I've interviewed, has been in Arizona, but I've also interviewed poets in Uganda, and I've interviewed some poets in other places of the country. Their episodes have not come out yet. And I feel like what we're going through is it's horrible, it's horrendous. At the same time, it also offers an opportunity because I'm using the fact that we have this internet connection, that we can, we have all these apps that we can use to still keep connected, you know, like we could do. 
Instagram Live. We have Skype. You know, we're we're living in a very, in many ways, an, a very advantageous age, where we can still stay connected even if we're physically apart. Right, right. You know, still gotta shine some light on, you know, a little something. Yeah, you know. yeah. Definitely, definitely. I like that. Let me see here. Well, nerves wrapped tenderly around the stems. I can see it. Yeah. Basically, where you're getting at with that one. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the whole give into the slow breaths of meditation. Like, do you do you personally meditate? I don't uh, meditate as much as I used to because I used to do yoga. So meditation was kind of part of it, like the beginning and end. It was built into the exercise because I used to go into a yoga studio to do it. So that was always a very nice part. And uh, I don't know if you've done meditation yourself. I might have touched on it maybe a couple times, but... I had a friend that did it, and he was he was doing it, and you didn't even know he was doing it. So that's how good he was. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So you know, sometimes, especially when we feel anger, right, and or we when we feel nervous or depressed, sometimes we are stuck in our own heads, and we're you know stuck in the rut with those emotions and those feelings, and. Meditation, the one that the kind that I'm talking about here is more like the ones where you're doing a very kind of regular breathing and you're concentrating on your breath. And anytime you have a thought that goes into your head and you find yourself, your mind wandering and then obsessing and maybe looking at what you're going to buy as groceries, things like that, then you sort of let go of that and then you go back to concentrating on your breath. When I've done that, by myself, even, I find that it's incredibly restful. Even if you just do 10 minutes of it, it's like you've slept for three hours. Uh, then I'm really have to get into it then now. Yeah, try it out. It works differently for different people, but I think if you try it out, if it works for you, it's great to use it. You can even look online for guided meditations. <clears throat> um, there are some that, that are for free. Sounds like a good idea for me to try. Yeah, try it I can get, out. I can, I can get into that. Yeah. Cool, man. I appreciate that. Man. <laughs> Learning something from each other. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's cool, man. That's what it's about. It's, it's funny because I use the word meditation, but I don't think when I when I was writing this particular poem, I was not meditating per se, but I'm using the word as in just to think of something else, to let my mind go somewhere else rather than the obsession of, uh, you know, constantly nitpicking, things like that, to just uh, just say, let me let my mind go and let my mind think of something pleasant, let my mind maybe not even think of anything, just let my mind just rest. Right, right, like think positive, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not even not even that because thinking positive is, you know, like still a lot of work. Sometimes you just have to think about nothing. And I don't mean as in watching TV, but more like actively thinking about nothing. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
I don't think I've ever done that before because I could try it, but then it's like, man, this is awkward. Like, do, I think, <laughs> do I think about the awkwardness or? Yeah, <laughs> I think, yeah, like in real meditation, the traditional practice is that you, if you think of how awkward it is, then you're, you have to let that go and be, just not think about it. That's why they say to concentrate on the breath. I mean, it is important to breathe, obviously, and regularly, and it does help. At the same time, the reason for somebody to concentrate on the breath is not so much for the breath itself, but for the fact that you could, it's like a point of focus. Okay. Yeah, it's sort of like in your poem when you're ending on, I'm going to think about the future. That's your point of focus. Like meditation, it's more about the breath. Right. Well, you know, I could definitely see that. You know, it's one thing to think about the future. Or, you know, it's one thing to meditate, but more of with meditation, clear your mind, and you know, and with thinking about the future, you gotta think positive. Think you just know it's gonna be better. Yeah, and making plans, right? Because that right. a lot of futures up making plans. I have some goals. I'm gonna like your goal getting your bachelor's, that is a future plan. That is something that you're working towards. It's been lovely having this conversation with you and sharing our poems together. In closing, I don't know if you're still reading regularly or you're participating uh, in online readings now that nobody's going out. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It's been good having that conversation. Definitely. I still do a little online readings, especially with the classes I have. I definitely have to read a lot. And personally, I read my own personal books that, you know, I get from the store, you know, from Barnes & Noble and stuff like that. That's the only bad part about it, at Barnes & Noble is down. Oh, is it? Yeah, around my way it is. I don't know everybody everywhere else is, but around my way it's down. Their website is down? Well, they're personally, like, the store, like, the oh, store itself is down. Yeah, yeah, true. That sucks, because browsing in a store is very, it's actually almost like a meditation in itself, right? Right, you know, just getting a book and just sitting down and reading it right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just, you know, but, yeah. There are some regular, both workshops and open mics, that you can join from anywhere now that it's online. So if you listen to the podcast and the announcements, I will announce them and you can come and share your poetry with us. Okay. Yeah, definitely. would love to be open to it. Cool, cool. And so lastly, how can people follow you and your social media? Like on my Instagram, it's just Jed2Light. You can follow me. On my Facebook, it's my, you know, Jedediah Mayberant. You know, it's just my first and last name on Facebook and Instagram. I keep it simple, you know, really just, but yeah, Instagram, I, I want to be funny on that one. So it's like, Jed too light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's nice. And it's easy to remember too. So, yeah. Um, well, thank you very much. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me tonight. Man, thank you. Thanks for having me. And this definitely been a good experience for me. And like, I'll never forget it. I appreciate it. Good. I'm really glad.
You can follow us at poetsandmuses.com as well as on Instagram and Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter either at poetsandmuses.com or at the upper right-hand side of our Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. Now, in addition to on Poets and Muses, you can also listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, as well as TuneIn. I'm your host, Imogen A-Rate. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a safe and healthy week, and I look forward to bringing you another episode next Sunday.